0: Hello, everyone. I'm Sergeant Major of the Army Retired, Dan Daly, and welcome to this edition of Soldier Today Podcast. Soldier Today Podcast is a product of the Non-Commissioned Officer and Soldier Programs Directorate at the Association of the United States Army. Soldier Today subjects focus on those topics that are relevant and needed by our soldiers and their families serving the regular Army, the Army National Guard, and the Army Reserve. Our newest topic of discussion today is the Army Recovery Care Program, or ARCP. The Army Recovery Care Program transitions soldiers, their families, and or caregivers back to the force and or to veteran status through a comprehensive program of medical care, rehabilitation, professional development, and achievement of personal goals. The ARCP was previously known as the Warrior Care and Transition Program. Through the use of soldier recovery units, ARCP manages the recovery of wounded, ill, and injured soldiers requiring complex care. The program also provides resources and advocacy for families and caregivers of soldiers recovering in the program. There are 14 SRUs located on military installations across the country. There have been over 80,000 soldiers that have participated in ARCP since its inception. In our studio today, I have the privilege of hosting veteran Sergeant First Class Gabby Cha and Staff Sergeant Beth King. Ladies, thanks for joining us here on the Soldier Today podcast show. I, as well as our listeners, thank you for taking the time to share your story and talk about the adaptive sports. How are you all doing today?
1: This is Gavin Chow. So happy to be here today. Thank you, guys. I'm super excited and very
2: glad to have this opportunity. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And Staff Sergeant Beth King, how are you?
2: This is Staff Sergeant Beth King. I am doing well and so grateful for this opportunity to share part of my story with our listeners.
0: Well, ladies, again, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. And first and foremost, just for our listeners out there, I want to thank you for your incredible service and just showing your resiliency and your recovery and sharing that story with our listeners. I think they're going to appreciate it. And I know we're going to have a good time telling that story today. So ladies, if you don't mind, to make it simple, I'd like to refer to you as Gabby and Beth as we move forward here. And our listeners already know that you're great veterans of this great army. So let's get started. Could each of you share with our listeners a little bit about yourselves? Where did you grow up, and why did you decide to be a soldier, and how did you become part of this incredible program? Gabby, let's start with you, please.
1: So I was originally born in South Korea. I spent a great deal of my childhood growing up in Stockbridge, Georgia, and honestly, like any other kid, I was starting to get into a little bit of trouble in high school, and basically, my parents talked to me and realized that I wanted to challenge myself and become a better version of myself before I started getting into some serious trouble. I didn't have any long-term goals for the Army, but I do remember that every time my contract was getting close to my ETS date or getting out of the Army date, I would have a few mentors telling me how and why I would be better off reinvesting. So after about the first six years in the Army, I finally figured out that I just no longer wanted to get out of the military lifestyle and that there was still so much that I wanted to do in the Army, even after being injured. And here I am 17 years later.
0: Well, thanks for sharing that story with us. And, you know, there's so many stories out there of why somebody joined the Army, but we are incredibly grateful for your sacrifice and service, Gabby.
2: Now, Beth, let's go to you. I grew up mostly in Connecticut, and my father was in the military. When he retired, we moved to upstate New York, and there I had a son. And by the time he was five, I was really struggling to make ends meet. And my father supported five children in the military. So I knew that it would meet my needs. I also believed in the mission of the military due to my upbringing. So when I needed to find a better way to support my family, the military was a easy transition for me.
0: Well, thanks Beth. And thanks for sharing your story as well. And again, thanks for your incredible service. And I guess us for Army alumni, we're pretty lucky you didn't follow in dad's footsteps and join the Navy. So we got you in the United States Army. And I know we were blessed to have you. For both of you, Could you share with our listeners, how has adaptive sports helped you in your transition and recovery? Beth, I'd like to start with you.
2: Adaptive sports have actually played a huge part in my recovery and transition. When I first got out of the military, I wasn't lucky enough to go through the Army recovery care program. So the transition out was very hard. And I went from being an active duty military member to doing only medical appointments. And that became my life. And it was very um, dark and a hard place to be. And through exposure to adaptive sports, in the beginning, it got me moving. It helped with my depression. It helped me getting out of the house and focusing on things that I could control. As I improved, it opened my eyes to the fact that I wasn't just a one-dimensional athlete. When I first started, I thought I was just a cyclist. The more I got into sport, the more I realized that I am not limited by my disabilities, as long as I continue to work on the things I know I need to work on and move forward, that life held a lot more for me than I had realized in the beginning of all this.
0: Thanks, Beth. Gabby, same question for you. How has adaptive sports helped you in your transition and recovery?
2: Actually,
1: I never knew anything about adaptive sports until I got into the Soldier Recovery Unit. The Army Recovery Care Program has several mandatory requirements while being a soldier in the SRU. And adaptive sports being one of them, I found that it was extremely helpful in hearing for me emotionally and mentally. Adaptive sports has helped me in my transition by breaking up the same medical appointments day to day. I was initially in the soldier recovery unit in Fort Bliss, Texas, with no family around and initially without any friends. And being injured with only medical appointments to focus on made life extremely better and challenging for me. So adaptive sports made day-to-day life easier for me. As much as we hear that networking is important in life, networking was definitely important in the Army life and meeting new people with similar foundations of the Army lifestyle. And it gave me something to look forward to every day. And I feel like with recovery and transition, it's a two-step process. I had to go through both the transition process as well as the recovery process. So for recovery, I feel like adaptive sports has given me the light to not give up on life, especially during COVID and recovering. I wanted to give up on my recovery process a number of times because of the lack of motivation. But adaptive sports is what pushed me to do better and to continue to do physical therapies so that I can become stronger, so that I can come back and do better in the sports that I was participating in for worry Games.
0: Well, I appreciate that, and it's very clear for both of you that this has made a significant impact on your life, and it's just as important physically as it is mentally, and you can tell. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit more here, but I just wanted to highlight that. Now, Beth, I took some time, I read your bio, and I noticed that you train and compete in several events. Like you said, you started off thinking you were just in cycling, but today you're in cycling, rowing, field and track, powerlifting. Which of these do you feel challenges you the most, and which is your favorite? And are you part of other adaptive sports?
2: I feel for myself that the most challenging, it's a kind of a tie between track and powerlifting. I believe probably for the same reason. I have right side weakness. So in the track chair, it's really hard to stay in my lane. So to keep my push together is quite an effort. And the same with powerlifting. In all the other sports, my adaptive equipment makes up for my limitation the things that my body physically struggles with but those two sports they don't really adapt the same so it is more of a struggle to find that balance within myself which is probably why i like them so much because it is a challenge it doesn't come easy and it gives me something to continue to strive for as far as my favorite sport for the longest time i would say it was just cycling that was my first taste of freedom and ability to move in spite of my disabilities However, field is becoming one of my great loves as well. So I would say that my favorite is probably tied between cycling and field. I do compete throughout the year, but I am not actually involved with any other sports organizations. I join everything as an individual.
0: Well, thanks for sharing that, Beth. And like you, after I retired, you know, I suffered the long-term use of my knees and they hurt. And I used to be a huge runner for everybody that used to know me in the Army. And now I've found the same passion recovery and recovery in cycling as you have. And it's amazing when you get on there and you ride. So I could see why that drew you to want to do more as it does for me. Now, what I didn't mention too is Beth is also a wheelchair basketball competitor as well. So, Gabby, let's switch over to you now. Equally as impressive, I've read your bio, and that you compete in a whole lot of sports as well, track, field, swimming, hand cycling, powerlifting, and wheelchair basketball. An impressive line of events, just like that. Same question. Which of these do you feel challenges you the most, and which is your favorite?
1: I would say cycling is probably my biggest challenge sport, just because before being injured, I was used to getting up and go on an upright cycle just for leisure and recreational use. I've never hand cycled, but due to my limited abilities, I'm now a hand cyclist. Without using my legs, I use just my hands to cycle, which is extremely challenging because I can't just get up and go and cycle. (laughs) I mean, I could, but it's a little bit more challenging, more difficult. But hand cycling has challenged me mentally and physically to get outside my comfort zone. And I think that anytime that you're pushed outside your comfort zone, it becomes a challenge. So cycling has definitely been a sport that tests my own motivation for sure. My favorite sports is a toss up between wheelchair basketball and powerlifting. Your basketball is because it's a sport that I just enjoy and love to watch and play. And I love the team aspect of it. I'm able to be on the court with my brothers and sisters next to me. And whether we win or whether we lose, we're doing it as a team and knowing that we have each other's back. So I love your basketball, and I would say powerlifting because at the end of the day, it tests all your training, all your diets, all your stamina, endurance, your personal best. It tests all that in that one competition. So I think that really tests me and how it kind of resets my meter in how well have I trained and how well am I doing. As far as any other adaptive sports, I don't do adaptive sports organizations, but I recently made it to the Team USA Wheelchair Rugby League to play for the World Cup that was supposed to be taking place this year, but it's now postponed for next year
0: due to COVID. Well, thanks, Gabby. appreciate that. And just to comment on the wheelchair basketball. So I've had the opportunity to be at several Warrior Games, and it is standing room only. For our listeners out there, if you get an opportunity to see one of these events, it's incredible. The passion, the energy, the excitement, and the pace of which wheelchair basketball escalates is incredible. And it's usually, well, just say get there early so you can get a good seat because it is a well watched sport. And I know it takes a lot of effort for our wounded warriors to be able to compete in that sport. Ladies, for both of you, you know, for the last 18 months, there isn't a single person in this country and the world that hasn't been impacted by our pandemic. How has the pandemic impacted your training over the last 18 months? Gabby, let's go right back to you again.
1: I would say with anything that anyone has experienced in life, everyone has complaints, but I would say the biggest thing is creativity. I know that creativity definitely comes to mind, and adapt and overcome is a terminology or a phrase that I've had to learn and really hear quite a lot during my time in the Army Recovery Care Program, and I believe that it is a very strong motto that goes beyond those three words, adapt and overcome. You learn to adapt and overcome the limitations the pandemic has placed on us and getting creative is top of the line. I never thought in my life that I'd be using my walker to be doing dips or swimming out of the water with two and a half pound weights in gallons or jugs or even weights to mimic my strokes for swimming in the water. I would definitely say creativity and adapt and overcome is something that I've had to use just to be able to use the gym, the
0: basketball courts, or even swimming. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. I've always said that there's opportunity in every situation. One just has to search for it and go after it. Beth, how about you?
2: For myself, I have had a lot of my own training equipment. So the shutdowns and all the chaos of the pandemic didn't quite impact me the same as it impacted some others because I had the equipment already. And the things that I didn't have, I was able to go through my local VA to help get some indoor equipment. Like when the track here locally closed down, I was able to get rollers for my track chair so I could continue training inside. Virtual training programs and things like that really helped out a lot, keeping me moving. I think for me, the hardest part of it all was mentally, you know, all the events closing. The year before COVID, I did one event a month, and that is what I used to keep myself going when my pain was high and it would just be easier to sit down and not do anything. But at the end of the day, if I did that, I know I would never achieve the goals for which I'm striving. So having small little events along the way helps keep me motivated. Having to persevere without those monthly events has been probably the hardest part of the pandemic for me in my training.
0: Yeah, and thanks for sharing that. It gave I know our listeners an impact of the importance of why we do these things. Because again, for our wounded warriors that get out there and work on these things, it's another day of an opportunity to get closer to that recovery. So thanks to both of you for sharing that. Now, ladies, I mentioned earlier, I had the honor and privilege to visit several of the Warrior Games in the past. And for our listeners out there, the esprit de corps, the motivation, the resiliency, and the passion are literally indescribable to someone who hasn't had the opportunity to view or attend a Warrior Games and see our athletes in person. For both of you, how would you describe it to our listeners? And what do you hope to accomplish through this journey? Beth, let's start with you again.
2: First thing that comes to mind is overwhelming. It is a very emotional event to go to, not only knowing the physical struggles I have, but there's always someone there that is more impaired than you. And to see them out there being able to overcome their obstacles and, you know, a lot of these events I go to outside of the Warrior Games, it really is kind of like an individual. Everyone's there for themselves. But at the Warrior Games, at the end of the day, I am happy for whoever wins. Obviously, I want to win. But the truth of the matter is it's the being there together, knowing that you are with like-minded people who are doing like-minded things. You know, we're all in a struggle and being able to celebrate the victories with other people who are also struggling along with you is really, it's really touching. Thanks, Beth. Gabby, how about you?
1: I just want to say that I completely agree that it's very indescribable to someone who hasn't had the opportunity to view it in person. Every branch, we have our rivalries. Everybody has friendly competition, so to speak, per branch and per country. Having other countries come out there, travel all the way to the United States to be able to compete with us, like Stassard and King said, like-minded individuals, similar journeys. You know, it's something that's beyond words, beyond video footage and social media. And I think this is a great opportunity for people to light the torch for those who have never seen that torch be lit within themselves or by other people. And I think for those that are able to have the opportunity to compete, it's a life lasting memory that we can all look back and say, wow, I was able to do something not only for myself, but something bigger than me. And personally, what I hope to accomplish throughout this journey is if I can at least motivate one individual who is struggling, whether it be during the recovery process or their transition process but to challenge yourself and motivate them that they can do it too. And it's extremely rewarding at the end.
0: Well, ladies, both of you, I can tell you from a personal experience, you know, I'm not a wounded warrior, but after having gone to the warrior Games myself, I told myself every day, I got to try harder and I can do more because our warrior athletes are showing me every single day that they are resilient. They can get up, they can overcome their challenges. And it reinforced me every day that I can do the same thing, even without injuries. But that little bit of motivation I can tell you, you've touched this soldier, and I know for a fact that you've touched the hearts and minds of many others that have watched you. Ladies, it was a pleasure to have you with us today. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to provide our listeners? And Beth, let's go right back to you again, please.
2: Yeah, I think mostly a final thought I would leave our listeners with is to take advantage of the programs that are there to help you. You know, the Army Recovery Care Program has a lot of programs out there to help you in your recovery and transition. Don't be afraid to reach out for help. Also, our injuries do not define us, nor do they limit us. We just need to continue to push forward, and life will always get better from there.
0: Thanks, Beth. Well said. Gabby, back over to you.
2: I just want to thank
1: everyone for joining in on this podcast and this opportunity to be able to share my story. And I just want to leave with a quote that's someone that I hold very near and dear to my heart. And it's always been one that keeps a light lit within myself. And it's inspired me. You know, whatever you are going through, don't let pain turn your heart into something ugly. Show everyone that surviving can be beautiful. And it's true. When you go out there and you watch Warrior Games, when a quadriplegic can get in the pool and swim 50 meters or a double amputee can run 200 meters. You know, these are all things that happens at Warrior Games that people witness and still believe. So go out there and own your journey and make it what you can.
0: Well, ladies, that was incredible advice from both of you that all of us could use, and we'd all be a little bit better if we did Our time has come to an end to close this edition of Solar Today podcast. All of us here at the Association of the United States Army want to thank Gabby Chopp and Beth King for joining us today, for sharing their story and the power of adapted sports. To find out more about the Warrior Games, you can visit www.dodwarriorgames.com. As Army alums, I can say from all of us across the country, Thank you for all our wounded warriors for what you have done and all that you continue to do for this great nation. Soldier Today podcast is a product of the Noncommissioned Officer and Soldier Programs Directorate at the Association of the United States Army. We hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as we have and we welcome your feedback and recommendations for future subjects. Join us next week here in the studio for another great podcast.
1: To all our listeners, thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Army Matters Podcast on iTunes and everywhere podcasts are found. The Army Matters Podcast series is brought to you by the Association of the United States Army, the U.S. Army's Professional Association, member-supported, Army-connected. Visit us at AUSA.org for more information or to become a member. Your membership helps AUSA continue to carry out its mission to educate, inform, and connect with the total Army, our industry partners, and our supporters of a strong national defense. For questions or to provide topic recommendations, email us at podcast at Have a great Army Day. Hua.